This fierce, flamboyant frontman had a fascinating four-octave vocal range. There has never been a crowd-pleaser quite like this quintessential, charismatic crooner from Queen. Sadly, his AIDS diagnosis led to his untimely death at 45. The world was rocked. Nevertheless, his operatic rock anthems will continue to reverberate in our vocal cords, heads, and hearts. We'll find out all about the phenomenal Freddie Mercury on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. Hello, 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 and welcome to another exciting edition of FYI, For Your English, a topic-based show where we can learn about anything and everything. And don't forget to send me your suggestions. I'm eagerly awaiting them. You can find me on social media, or you can just go to my website, albertoalonso.com, and there you'll find links to my radio show, The Show With No Name, my new book, This Book is the Shit. In fact, let's hear a little ad. Seguro que eres super friki de Harry Potter y no te has dado cuenta de la cantidad de palabras que has aprendido sin darte cuenta. Por ejemplo, Hufflepuff. Mm, Hufflepuff viene de Huff and Puff, que es jadear, que estás agotado. Así que ya sabes por qué esta escuela se caracteriza por ser muy exigente y los alumnos van con la lengua fuera todo el día. They're huffing and puffing. ¿Y esa escuela que se llama Slytherin? Slytherin, ¿de qué viene esa palabra? To slither es lo que hace una serpiente. Claro, por eso en esa escuela los alumnos son capaces de hablar con las serpientes. Y de hecho en el escudo viene una serpiente, tiene lógica. ¿Y qué me dices de Ravenclaw? Uh, esta tiene mucha chicha, it's very meaty. Ravenclaw viene de Raven, que significa cuervo, y Claw, que significa garra. Es la garra del cuervo. Y si miras el escudo, ¿qué es lo que hay? Un cuervo con las garras agarrándose. ¿Quién habría dicho que podríamos aprender tantísimo viendo Harry Potter? Sabes muchísimas palabras gracias a Harry Potter, y no solo a Harry Potter, a películas, cómics, dibujos animados, videojuegos, todo incluido en This Book is the Shit, el tercer libro de Alberto Alonso y Damián Moya. No te lo pierdas, así se aprende. This book really is the shit. That's right, if you want to have fun learning English, well then this is the book for you. It's my fifth book, and I know you guys are going to enjoy it if you enjoy FYI and the show with no name, which is my daily radio show on Vaughn Radio, which has been on the air for over 15 years. I know it's quite a feat to do anything for more than 15 years, and FYI has been on the air for over two years now. If I'm not mistaken, almost three years. Unbelievable how time flies when you're having fun. 
And today we're going to have lots of fun as we talk about the fierce, flamboyant frontman. That's right, we're talking about Freddie Mercury, fierce like a lion, feroz. But don't let his stage persona fool you, because he was a little bit timid as well. But we'll find that out a little bit later on. Then I use the word flamboyant, which is flashy, ostentatious. And frontman is a logical word. It's the way that you call a lead singer of a group. And this frontman had a fascinating four-octave vocal range. Translation, he could sing some really high notes and some really low notes. Then I said there has never been a crowd pleaser. And we've looked at this word before on the pod. A crowd pleaser, I always think of Michael Jordan. It doesn't matter what team you're on, you want to see him play. He pleases the entire crowd. And it's true, there's never been a crowd pleaser quite like this quintessential charismatic crooner from Queen. And a crooner is another way to say a singer. Then I went on to say, sadly, his AIDS diagnosis, and you say SIDA in Spanish, we call it AIDS. His AIDS diagnosis led to his untimely death at the tender age of 45. Hey, wait a second, that's younger than me. And the word untimely is another way of saying premature or too early. And then I said, the world was rocked. And this was a pun, a play on words. We were rocked by his music, but we were also rocked by the news. And to be rocked is to be totally destroyed. Then I said, nevertheless, and you can say nevertheless or nonetheless. When you have two options like that, choose the one that rolls off your tongue easier. And try and remember that there are two ways or three ways to say it. So if somebody else says nonetheless, you'll understand it, even though you use nevertheless. So I said, nevertheless, his operatic rock anthems will continue to reverberate. So a rock anthem is un himno. And just be careful, if we're talking about an himno in church, we're talking about a hymn. And it's weird because it has an N on the end, which is totally silent. It sounds like him, el. But when we talk about himnos in music, we talk about anthems. Or himnos de un país, we talk about national anthems. And they will continue to reverberate in our vocal cords, heads, and hearts. And if you noticed, I had Freddie say the next line, Forever. It's from the song, Who wants to live forever? And we're going to learn some English with Queen songs. Of course we are, in the bonus part. Remember, there are two episodes every week. If you're in my community, there are two episodes every week. Plus, you can get PDF documents with all the vocabulary, and you can even have class with me if you're in our super-duper level or our interstellar level. 
In fact, I'd like to send a shout out to my super duper students, Javier, Paco, Roberto, Jose Maria, Mila, and Alex. And also my interstellar students who get a private class with me every month. And I can feel their progress. I can see their progress. And more importantly, so can they. A nice shout out to Carmen, Lina, Isa, Paco, David, and Edgar. And all of the rest of my patrons, I wish I could name you all. You guys are an awesome, curious community. If you guys want more information and you're toying with the idea of joining my curious community, no problem whatsoever. You can just contact me. I can give you a free sample and then you can decide if it's right for you. All the information you'll need is on patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. All right, so are you guys ready to learn about the phenomenal Freddie Mercury? Well, let's start with the pronunciation. Did I say Freddie Mercury? No, it's Freddie Mercury. So the same thing if you're using the word Mercury to talk about the, the element Mercury, the one that's in thermometers, or at least it used to be, it's Mercury. And as many of you guys know, that's not his real name. It's his stage name. You say nombre artístico, we say nombre escénico. Does anybody know his original name, his birth name? It's Farouk Bulsara. <laughs> and Farouk Bulsara was born on September 5th, 1946. He was born in Stonetown, Zanzibar. And his family moved there so that his dad could continue his career working for the British Colonial Office. So young Freddie, or Farrok, grew up between Zanzibar and India before he moved to Middlesex, England when he was a teenager. He legally changed his name to Freddie Mercury around 1970 when the band Queen was formed. But we'll get to that part. Young Farouk was reportedly very shy, as I said before. You can say shy or timid. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, but wait, I've seen his stage antics. He's a monster on stage. He's got the crowd eating out of the palm of his hand. Have you ever seen the Wembley concert? Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit later as well. But you would never think that this guy, this juggernaut on stage, would be this little timid guy who was a bit introverted. But something happened to Freddie, well, to Farouk when he turned into Freddie and when he got on that stage. It's like something possessed him or took over his body. And if you don't believe that he was a shy guy, just think about how many interviews he granted. Yeah, not too many. Roger Taylor, one of his bandmates in Queens, said, In real life, nobody knew Freddie. He was shy, gentle, and kind. He wasn't the person he put over on stage. So I guess we got that out of the way right there. Freddie Mercury was his persona, his stage persona. And even though he was a shy guy, he was still a party animal. If you remember, we talked about him partying with Princess Di in our Princess Di episode. But he used to throw legendary bashes. And remember, a bash is a big party. 
and sometimes his bashes would last for days. He would splurge, to splurge is to spend a lot of money and get flamingo dancers, fireworks, $50,000 worth of champagne and plenty of illegal substances. One of his most infamous bashes was at the launch of Queen's jazz album. Reportedly, there were snake charmers, 50 trees that they brought in, strippers, and that's what we know about. I'm sure there was a lot of other stuff that was on the DL, on the down low. Also, his 1987 birthday party in Ibiza, I'm gonna pronounce it like a British person, in Ibiza was so epic that the hotel still celebrates it every year. So he's a bit of an anomaly, a bit of a paradox, if you will. A shy guy who the second he hit the stage would come out of his shell and explode. And of course, he would also have that effect on the audience. And as we said earlier in the intro, he had a four octave vocal range. Now, most people don't even have a two octave vocal range, but there was a reason for it. Freddie Mercury had four extra teeth. These teeth were in the back of his mouth and they pushed his front teeth forward. I shared some pictures on Patreon of him as a kid, and man, he had some serious buck teeth. Okay, he had buck teeth when he was an adult, but when he was a kid, his teeth looked a lot bigger in comparison to his face. And I imagine he was teased because of it, because sometimes kids are cruel. But this not only gave him his trademark overbite, an overbite is when your top teeth come out, An underbite is the opposite. But as you can imagine, he was self-conscious about the way his teeth looked. But he refused to have them fixed. He said that if he altered anything in his mouth, it would change the way he sang. And was he right? Absolutely. Don't people sound a little bit different when they have a tooth pulled or if they have a retainer in their mouth? Sure, you're affecting the air passageways. But when did Freddie find his love of singing? Well, as we'll see in the bonus part, he had a love for many things, many passions. You could say he was a passionate guy. But when he was just 13 years old, he founded a group called The Hectics. We've looked at that word. The word hectic is very busy, very chaotic. And this group, The Hectics, was a cover band. A cover band is a group that does versions of other band songs. And meanwhile, across town, there were these other guys who were in a band. This guy, Brian May and Roger Taylor. They were playing together in a band called Smile. And Freddie Mercury was a huge fan of this group, Smile. They really made him smile. (laughs) Okay. Never mind. Well, he started showing up at their gigs, and in 1970, he suggested the name Queen. He was hired as soon as they heard him sing. And even before he was in the band, they saw that he had a good ear, a good musical ear, because he was always encouraging the band, remember, he was a fan, 
to experiment and do more elaborate things as far as sound is concerned and as far as stage antics. And as I said, he gave them the name that they ended up using. They changed the name from Smile to Queen when he joined. And the last member of the quartet to join was John Deacon, who was recruited in February 1971. So you could say in 1970, not just the band Queen was born, because that's when Freddie joined, but also the name of the band. And in 1973, they released their debut album. But it didn't really get too much of a reaction. Queen first charted in the UK with their second album, Queen 2, in 1974. So just imagine if they had given up and said, we suck. But no, they kept working hard at it and working on their sound. And there was one thing they all had in common. They worked their hearts out. They were rehearsing, constantly trying new things. There was some kind of chemistry going on. I guess you could say, it's a kind of magic. It's a kind of magic. So Queen 2 put them on the map, at least in the UK. And then Sheer Heart Attack, which came out a year later in 1975, that was the one that just gave them international success. And they followed it up immediately with Night at the Opera. So two albums in 1975. Didn't I tell you they were working hard? The latter, Night at the Opera, featured the famous song Bohemian Rhapsody, which stayed at number one in the UK for nine weeks. And it even helped popularize the music video format. And at first, the executives, they were saying, no, man, this isn't going to work. This song is too long. It goes to too many places. It mixes too many genres. Forget it. And of course, those guys were dead wrong. No one has ever been more wrong than those guys. Because that song, along with putting them on the map also to this day evokes an emotion in people that not many songs do. You try and control yourself. I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, All right, maybe not that part. Galileo. Galileo. Galileo Figaro. See, you can't help it. No lo puedes evitar. It is a masterpiece. And Queen had many, many masterpieces all throughout the years. In 1977, they released the album News of the World. And all I'm going to do is this. Dum, dum, chat. Dum, dum, chat. Dum, dum, chat. Buddy, you're a boy. Make a big noise playing in the street. And we know that We Will Rock You is linked with We Are the Champions. And what sports team doesn't play those two songs at every event, especially when they win? They've become anthems, not just in the music realm, but in the sports realm as well. And then another one bites the dust that came out in 1980, and it was off the album The Game. In 1981, they had a compilation album of their greatest hits. Are you paying attention? They formed in 1970. By 1981, they had a compilation album 
of their greatest hits. And that album was a huge success. It was certified nine times platinum in the U.S. And it was taking them a little bit more to break into the U.S. market. But finally, they did it. And they performed three sold-out nights at Madison Square Garden. Queen rocked the United States. For people who don't like monarchies and things like that, we love Queen. Not the Queen, Queen. And if you had the pleasure of seeing them live, you have witnessed probably one of the greatest groups ever. I was going to say frontmen, but really, the whole group is talented. Freddie Mercury, he is literally from another galaxy. But the other members were too. And that was the secret. That was the magic. Let's take a look at some of the members, or not some of the members, the four members of Queen. We already looked at Freddie Mercury. In fact, the focus of this episode is Freddie Mercury. John Deacon wrote several of the songs for the group, such as You're My Best Friend, Another One Bites the Dust, and I Want to Break Free. Under Pressure, Friends Will Be Friends, and One Vision were co-written by him as well. And he was also involved in the band's financial management. Oh, and of course, all I have to say so you recognize John Deacon and his bass playing is... Another one bites the dust. And from that song, we get to bite the dust. Es igual, morder el polvo, morir. Then we've got Roger Taylor, who was the drummer. Remember, we don't say the battery, the drummer. But he was also a songwriter. In fact, they all contributed in songwriting duties. Roger Taylor co-wrote some of their number one songs. These are the days of our lives. Innuendo. Under Pressure, and he also wrote Radio Gaga and A Kind of Magic. So as you're seeing, everybody contributed, and we can't leave out Brian May. Where would Queen be without those amazing solos? Oh, and not to mention, Brian May is also an astrophysicist. He really rocks. And as I said earlier, their performance at Live Aid in 1985, it was a benefit concert at Wembley, is ranked among the greatest in rock history. The greatest rock show ever. And the amazing thing is you can watch it on YouTube. I'll share it with you guys on Patreon. And not long after that, in August of 1986... Freddie Mercury gave his last performance with Queen in Nebworth, England. He also had a couple solo albums, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with. The first one, Mr. Bad Guy, which was named after his cat, and Barcelona with Montserrat Caballé. Oh, Barcelona! And he said about Montserrat Caballé that she possessed the best voice of anyone in existence. And if you remember, for the Barcelona 1992 Olympic Games, that was the song. But if you also remember, Montserrat Caballé sang it by herself because Freddie Mercury didn't make it to the Olympics in Barcelona. He died the year before, but not without leaving behind a legacy. Queen have released 15 studio albums, 
10 live albums, 16 compilation albums, two soundtrack albums, two extended plays, 73 singles, and seven promotional singles. And imagine if Freddie hadn't died young. Freddie Mercury died on the 24th of November, 1991, at his home in Kensington, London. He was 45, and he passed away just 24 hours after he issued a statement publicly announcing that he was HIV positive. As I said, the world was in mourning. Estaba de luto. And that legacy is still felt. My daughter is a huge Queen fan. And I truly believe that their legacy will live on for generations to come. Here's a little fun fact before we get going. Kurt Cobain, the lead singer of Nirvana, who supposedly committed suicide, mentioned Freddie Mercury in his suicide note. And I quote, We were backstage, and the lights go out, and the manic roar of the crowds begins. It doesn't affect me the way in which it did for Freddie Mercury, Cobain wrote in his suicide note. He seemed to love, relish in the love and adoration from the crowd, which is something I totally admire and envy. I don't know if it was Freddie Mercury eating up the crowd or the crowd eating him up, but there was something magical happening every time Queen took the stage. In the bonus part, we're going to take a look at more fun facts. We're also going to look at how he did a lot of his songwriting, which is quite interesting. We'll learn English with Queen songs. We'll learn about his other little-known hobbies and... I'll tell you about the time he told the Sex Pistols off. Les echó una bronca a los Sex Pistols. And about the time he recorded three songs with the King of Pop, Michael Jackson. We'll talk about that and so much more in the bonus episode of today's F.Y.I. Ah. 